Turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Of course, we're continuing our study with victory over death. And, uh, it's been, you know, we've had some kind of little breaks in a way because we had uh, Easter and then we had a congregational meeting. So we're really kind of back into it again. And this is lesson five. And this study in the Grow Groups, we're looking at truths from God's Word dealing with Christ's victory over sin and death. I mean, this is the key because uh, all all... We've, we've got to have it. We've got to have it. And think about this. Jesus Christ brings victory over death to the human race. This is, this is the key because in Adam, as we prayed a while ago, as we talked about it, in Adam all die. Every human being coming to this world comes into this world dead because the connection with Adam. And then in Christ, all are made alive. And we're going to talk about it because uh, there's different kinds of life. Because this, as we see the four different kinds of death, we're going to see that connected with that is four different kinds of life. When we talk about death, people say, oh, death. I would be glad when you get through with that study. Well, no, we're not talking about death. We're talking about victory over death. God gives us, God's Word gives us so much that we can know and apply. So this morning, we're going to, we're going to see the provisions. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. When you think about the Bible, and we think about their promises, their promises all throughout the Bible. In fact, there's a little book, I, I think, I, I think we've got one in the office, but you can get them, in, you know, you can get them for about a dollar somewhere, and they're about that thick, and it's called God's Promises. Have y'all seen that book? And it's got all the places where it lists God's promises to people. You know, when you think about God's promises, one thing about it, uh, whenever he makes a promise, it's, it's always true because Titus chapter 1, verse 2, God who cannot lie, I mean, he, he promises. And so that's, let, let's think of some promises. Have you thought about this? God's promises. He'll never leave us or forsake us. What should we fear? Hebrews 13, he'll never leave us now. And then when you die, where do you go? To be absent from the body is to be where? Present with the Lord. So he's never, you're never going to be separated from him. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll always provide for us. Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Let me just say you one thing about that verse that often we overlook. It says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. It didn't say out of his riches. It said according to. If I had a million dollars and I was going to give you out of my riches, I might give you five dollars. If I'm going to give you according to my riches, there's millions. He doesn't say, I'm going to give you some. He says, I protect you and take care of you and everything. The third thing is he empowers us. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through the one who strengthens me. We saw in John, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. He is the power that empowers us. He promises eternal life. Titus 1.2, John 10.28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. What a great passage. He promises us a new body. That's what we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning in Philippians 4.19 and 20. He's going to change this body, the bodies that we have, and 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 they're going to be bodies that will never decay. And let's just be honest. When we start talking about that and what are we going to look like and people say things like, what do you think it will look like when we get there? Well, there's no way to know. And if somebody died when they were six or a baby in the womb or a 95-year-old, are they going to be 95 all through eternity? They're going to be six months. They're going to be in the womb. No, somehow... We're going to be some way that we know each other and we have a body that will never decay. So just think about that. Uh, I, there have been people saying that possibly 30 years old. When did, how old was Jesus when he started his ministry? He was 30. What's the age of the priest when they started? 30. Uh, we all know that when we were 30, if, you, if you've got the 30 yet, you know that's probably the greatest age of all, 30. But anyway, who knows? Anyway, promises a new body. Then he promises a home in heaven. And John 14, he's going to prepare a place. So we got a lot of promises. But there is a great promise found 
In 1 Corinthians 15, 57, he says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What victory is he talking about? Well, if you look in the context of that passage, it's the victory over death because 1 Corinthians 15 deals with the resurrection, and that's powerful because in Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive. We've seen that he conquers death, and, and, uh, and, and so the flow of the passage is victory over sin and death. This morning, we're going to think about victory over death. And we saw in the last weeks, we saw four different kinds of death. And it's kind of sad when you think about them. And now we're going to look at the four ways that God uh, is the victory. You know, Jesus Christ is the key. And by the way, think about this. He's the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know that the Bible describes Jesus Christ as eternal life? Now, we talked about this, I think, in my Thursday morning group of guys. And when you say, the Bible says in John, uh, first John, first John, that we have held and touched eternal life. Jesus Christ is called eternal life because he's the life giver. Jesus Christ doesn't just give eternal life. He is eternal life. And so that's why he is the resurrection and the life. That's why he is the way, the truth, and the life. That's why he is the life giver. That's why when there's death and the four deaths that we see, he is also the one that conquers that aspect of it. So let's think about the deaths for just a second. There are four deaths that we saw. There's spiritual death, not able to relate to God. We come into this world spiritually dead. We're not able to relate to God. We're spir- and we'll talk more about that in a minute. Then there's a physical death, and the truth is that when, since a person is spiritually dead, uh, the physical death comes later because physical death is a result of spiritual death. We saw way back at the very beginning when God told Adam, if you eat from that tree dying, you shall surely die. Dying spiritually, you'll die physically. That's what really happens. And so when, when people die physically, it's because of, of sin, sin and death. Then there's the eternal death, which is eternal separation from God forever in the lake of fire. That's, that's, that's horrible. And then there's temporal death for believers. Let me say something about this. A person comes in this world spiritually dead, eventually because of their spiritual deathness, they will die physically. If they die physically without ever getting eternal life, they will have eternal separation from God forever. That's really sad. Uh, Temporal death is for believers, and that's for those of us who know Christ as Savior, and when we sin as a believer, we die. And we talked about this last time. In fact, the last lesson, we spent a good bit of time going over this. And we talked about the distinction between our relationship and fellowship. Our relationship is forever with Jesus Christ. When you trust Christ as Savior, you're a child of God. You're born again. You you have an eternal relationship with him forever. Nothing can change it. Even if you said, I don't believe anything anymore, nothing can change it. As far as fellowship now, fellowship you can lose. And remember, anytime there's a break in fellowship, anytime there's a separation, that's called what? Death. Right? Remember, death is what? Separation. Okay, so let me ask it again. What happens when we sin? There is what? There's death. And that's called temporal death. And we talked about it last time, and we said that you can, you can lose it. And, and we can lose. Sin brings death. It even brings temporal death. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, For the mindset on the flesh, that means if you do things in the flesh, what's the result? The mindset on the flesh is death. Is he talking about eternal death? No. Is he talking about physical death? Not necessarily. Is he talking about spiritual death? No. He's talking about uh, temporal death because notice what he says. The mindset on the flesh is death, temporal death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. And so the bottom line for us as believers, I'm just reviewing this from the last time because it's so important because the bottom line for us 
If you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you're not spiritually dead. If you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, Jesus is it. Whether you've trusted him or not, he's going to come and change your body. And if you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you have eternal life. So those three deaths, they don't affect you. But there is a death that affects us, and that's temporal death. And we can die all the time. I mean, there are many of us, I said the last time we looked at this lesson, I said, you do not want to live your Christian life dead. Because that's what a lot of us do. Because we live in sin, and when we live in sin, we're dead. Okay? And so that's kind of a hard thing. And so think about this progression uh, that we said earlier. All people come into the world spiritually dead. The end result of spiritual death is physical death. We die physically. The final end result, if something doesn't happen, is eternal death, separation from God. We've talked about this before, and we've said this, that we see people every day that are dead. They're spiritually dead. They come into this world spiritually dead. They're on their way to dying physically. And if something isn't done, they will die eternally. Now, we go through life as if that's not true. We do. Because we say, I'm okay. I'm going to heaven. I've got eternal life. What about your neighbor? I, I don't know. And have you talked to him? No, I don't want to offend them. You don't want to offend them, so we'd rather them spend eternity separated from God than maybe being mad at you, right? I mean, the bottom line is, if we actually believe this, that means the whole bunch of people that we see all day long, every day, are on their way to an eternal separation from God because they're spiritually dead, they're going to die physically, and then they'll have eternal death. So this this is a sad thing. Now, with that in mind, we have to remember that God has a plan to save all people so that people won't be spiritually dead and have eternal death, that they'll have eternal life. The great truth is this, that Jesus Christ, who is the eternal God, who is eternal life, came to this earth, became a human being, so he could be a substitute and die in mankind's place, die in each one of our places, because the wages of sin is death, and he died in our place to pay for sin, rose again to do what? conquer death, and then he offers a gift, which is eternal life. Because if a person dies physically who are spiritually dead, then they have eternal death. But Jesus said, I've I've got a better offer. Instead of eternal death, which will go on forever, which is called lake of fire, uh, I can give you eternal life. Now, every one of us in this room, I hope, I hope every one of you, I look around, I know every one of you, that you have put your faith in Christ and you trusted in him to give you what? Eternal life. You were dead. You were on the way to hell. You were on the way to be separated from God forever. And so when you understood the truth that Jesus died in your place and that you trusted in him and he would give you eternal life, then you could say this great truth. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory, the victory over sin and death through Jesus Christ. So it's powerful, y'all. It's, it's more powerful than you can imagine. And I don't know if if maybe in the first century when we talk about those 11 men and then Paul 12 and, and, and the 120 in the upper room and how the message of Jesus Christ spread without internet, without cars, without television, without camera, without anything, the message spread throughout the whole world. And so we have everything. Why isn't the message spreading? Why? Because we're not spreading it. I mean, is that, is that true or not true? I mean, ask yourself this question. When, when was the last time you told someone how they could have eternal life? 
start thinking about it. Say, well, it wasn't last week because, I mean, that was exam week. I mean, we can't talk to anybody that week. And, of course, the week before that, that was like, you know, you know, and this is Mother's Day. You can't talk to anybody about it. And then you got, you know, Easter, and you don't want, you know, because that's too big a day, and that you eggs. And, and then you start going back, and you say, well, it's, maybe it's been a month. Maybe it's been two months. Maybe it's been a year. Maybe it's been two years. Maybe it's been my life. When was the last time you had an opportunity to talk to someone and actually tell them the good news message that Jesus Christ died and rose again, if they will trust in him, he will give to them the gift of eternal life. And if we, if every one of us in this room in one year led one person to Christ, we would double our size, right? Because we'd bring them in here, right? So why haven't we doubled? It really gets hard because it's a scary thing, isn't it scary? I mean, we, tr- you know, if you've had the 412 or the 22 or in your grow groups, or we've taught all kind of things about how to share your faith, and I tell everybody, just go John 3:16, one verse, you got it made, you know the verse, you can explain it, and you don't have to feel the pressure of learning six or seven verses or anything. So every one of us in this room could walk out this door, and if we had an opportunity to talk to someone, we could even say the question, listen, let me ask you this question. If you were to die, would you go to heaven? They may say, I think I would. And you could say, why? And they may say, I, I don't know, but I think I would say, would you like me to tell you how you can know for sure that you can go to heaven, you can have eternal life? So pray about this week that we get an opportunity to do it because we have the victory. So let's talk about the different deaths and then how God gives us the life. Well, the first one is that he gives us spiritual life, which is victory over spiritual death. You remember the four deaths? There's spiritual death, physical death, eternal death, and temporal death. Well, we're talking about spiritual death. What does he do? He gives us victory over spiritual death by giving us spiritual life. Now, I want you to realize every person born in this world comes in this world. Now, Sarah had her baby on Friday, and he's the cutest little thing, but guess what? He's a sinner. When he wants something, he cries right then and says, I want it right now. Right? And, and every human being coming into this world comes in this world dead in trespasses and sins, spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's all people. We're spiritually dead. We come into the world spiritually dead. But look what he does. Look what he does. In Ephesians 2, I've got it here so you don't have to look there. It says, even when we were dead in our transgressions, we were. We're spiritually dead. He made us alive together with Christ. It's by grace you've been saved. He raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He made us alive. He made us spiritually alive. We were spiritually dead. What does he do? He makes us what? What? Spiritually alive. Okay, let me show you something. This is, this is the unbeliever, and you've seen this many times. The unbeliever has a body. He has a soul, which is the part of the human being. It's a spiritual part of a human being, but it's the part where you have your mind, your emotions, your will. It relates to the world around you. Then you have a flesh, which is a natural bent to sin. All people come into the world with a natural bent to sin. It is just the way it is. Uh, Romans 5.12 says, through one man, Adam, through one man, sin in the world and death by sin, death passed upon all. We all sin. And then we have a conscience, which is found in the book of Romans chapter 2, where it says the conscience is, the God's word, his conscience is written on our hearts. And so we know right from wrong. That's right after the fall, God said to Adam and Eve, now that you know right from wrong. So this is a person, and these people are dead. Unbelievers are dead. 
They have a body, a soul, a flesh, and a conscience, but they're dead. They're spiritually dead. But the moment they trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, when we talk to them and we tell them about Jesus Christ, the moment they trust in Christ, I don't know, uh, here we go, okay. The moment they trust in Christ, then they're born again. They're born what I call the human spirit that's spiritually alive. They were spiritually dead. They're now spiritually alive. It says, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. He has made us alive. You remember 2 Corinthians 5, 17? Therefore, if any man be in what? Anybody know the verse? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creation. This is a new creation. This is us. And see, we're so great, so, uh, so lucky that God actually gives to us the Holy Spirit to come live inside of us. So every one of us in this room have passed from that to this. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were spiritually dead. So how does he deal with spiritual death? He gives us spiritual life. And the moment we trust in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. But the moment we trust in Christ, we are made alive. We are born again. We are a new creation in Christ. He says in second in 1 Corinthians 2.11, well, I think I have it here. Yeah, uh, we're alive in Christ. He says, for who among men knows the thoughts of man except the spirit's man in him? In other words, if you're going to understand a man, you've got to have man's spirit. Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except they have the Spirit of God. Now, we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit is from God. Who do you have inside you? God. Before you trusted Christ as Savior, you were spiritually dead. You could not understand the things of God. But now that you've trusted Christ and he's made you alive and you have what we'd call the human spirit, now you can understand the things of God. And he also gives to us the Holy Spirit, which is really amazing. He gives us victory over spiritual death by giving us spiritual life. Look what he says. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. How do we have victory over spiritual death? What does he do? He gives us what? Spiritual life. This is amazing. Okay? Let's look at, I think, the next one. Let me look and make sure I'm ready for the next one. Yeah, let's look at the next one. And this is physical death. Physical death, and, and how is he going to have victory over physical death? He's going to give us physical life, a resurrection body. You've got to understand, and, and, and I've said this many, many times, whenever you see the word resurrection, it is always of a body. It is not spiritual thing like, you know, you died and your spirit went there and so you're resurrected. That's not resurrection. Resurrection is always of a body. It's always a physical aspect. So God gives us victory over physical death by giving us physical life. And what is amazing about this, that's just not for believers. It's for every human being because when he died on the cross, he paid for the sin of who? Whole world. And when he rose from the grave, he conquered the death for who? The whole world. And so he's given physical life to all people, whether they're believers or not, because he's conquered death. Now that sounds... If you're an unbeliever, you say, oh, I think that bad. Well, yeah, it is bad when you, when you think about it. Physical death is just the end result of spiritual death. And so God has given us the victory over physical death. What's he going to do? Well, in Adam all die. In Christ, all are made alive. And so what is he going to do? He's going to change these mortal bodies into immortal bodies. You, we all... If you've lived any length of time, you, you begin to notice, unless you're really young, that things begin to wear out. Things, your skin doesn't fit as tight anymore, and you look up and you go, what, is, what happened here? What happened? 
this is a lot looser than it used to be. You know what? Right? And you begin to realize that your body is dying. Why? Because we come into this world spiritually dead, and a spiritual death, the result is that all human beings die physically. And God says, no, 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 I'm going to work this out. I'm going to change this mortal body into an immortal body, one that will never wear out. Look at Philippians 3. He says, for our citizenship is where? In heaven, that's why we're ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is someone who lives somewhere different than where their citizenship is. If I'm in the United States and I go to England to be an ambassador for the United States to England, I don't live in the United States. They'd say, my citizenship's the United States, but I'm living in England. Our citizenship is where? It's in heaven, and we're on this earth as ambassadors for Christ, in which we eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you eagerly awaiting him? I used to not be eagerly awaiting. I'm now eagerly awaiting as I get older, I'm eagerly awaiting. As I see the world getting worse and worse and worse, and when I see the division, the anger, the hatred, the rejection of the biblical truths, the rejection even in this United States of the basic principles of right and wrong, the more I see that, the more I wish you'd come on. Just come on. I, I'm, I'm sick of it, what I see all the time. And our citizenship is in heaven where we eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's going to do what? He will transform the body of our humble state, this humble body into conformity like the body of his glory. You're going to have the same kind of body Jesus Christ had when he rose from the grave. It's a glorified body. It's a, it's a human body, but it's glorified. It will never decay. Never decay. Listen to this. This is when he, how he says it's going to happen. He says this, our, uh, our bodies are so natural bodies, but then they're raised a spiritual body. It's a natural body. There's a spiritual body. The first man became a living soul, but the last man, Adam, the last Adam, which is Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. So there's the power coming. There's going to be a body one day. How will it happen for us? Well, uh, he says, i tell you this mystery. We're not going to all sleep, but we'll all be changed. It's going to be in just a twinkle of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised. That's people that we know that their bodies are in the grave. They're already with the Lord. They're coming back with Jesus. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. And the perishable must put on imperishable, won't ever wear out. This mortal will put on immortality. That's going to happen. It could happen any second. It's going to happen. And think about this. Uh, think about Jesus. When he appeared to the disciples, did he look like a person or did he look like some kind of spirit being? He looked like what? A person. Look at this. He said to them, why, why, why are you troubled? Why did doubts rise in your hearts? Because they saw him and they went, is it really him? Yeah, it's really him. He said, see my hands? See my feet? See where they nail me? Touch me. For, I'm, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And later on in the passage, he said, you got anything to eat? And the only reason he said, give me some fish or give me something to eat, was not because he was hungry. It's because he said, I want you to see I'm real. I can eat food. I think when we get glorified bodies, we can eat as much as we want. Don't you think? Thank you. Chocolate and... and uh, Hi. Oh, boy. Anyway, so what did he say to them? I'm real. See, Jesus has a real body. Where is Jesus right now? Let me ask you a question. God the Father, is he in heaven? Is he a spirit being? 
his is the Holy Spirit. He's in us, but he's everywhere, but all of them are everywhere. Where, where is he? Is he a spirit being? Yeah. Where's Jesus? He sits right out there on the Father, but he's also in you, right? Christ in you, the hope of glory. So he's in you too. Does he have a body? Is he seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father with a body? When he comes back in Revelation 19, 11, what's he riding, Susie? White horse. What are you riding? White horse, okay? And we're coming back. Is he riding on a horse? I think he is. He's got a body. And so Jesus had a real body. Well, what about us? Think about this. Huh? It wouldn't be, yeah, well, for Susie, she's got to have a horse, and there's going to be one there. Yeah, at least one. She'll have her own horse. Okay, look. Look what he says. The Lord himself will descend from heaven. Here he comes with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. That's people who have already died. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus will always be the Lord. We're going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Amazing. If we are alive, he changes us. If he did, if we're dead, he can raise us and fix those bodies. Physical death is conquered. And it's not just conquered for us. It's conquered for every human being. Because as you read throughout the scripture, if you remember that every human being is going to be raised from the dead. Believers are raised to live forever with Jesus Christ. And that's called eternal life. Unbelievers are raised forever to die forever. Separated from Jesus Christ, it's called eternal death. It's also called the second death. So how does he deal with eternal death? He gives us, uh, he gives, how does he deal with spiritual death? He gives us spiritual life. How does he deal with physical death? He gives us what? Physical life. He's the life giver. We got two more. One of them is eternal death and the other is temporal death. And we're going to see that he gives life for all of these. So when you look in the Bible and you see these four deaths, right beside them are four lives. That's why he's the life giver. That's why he's the way, the truth, and the life. That's why he's the resurrection and the life. That's why in him there is life. It's powerful stuff. Let me give you some applications before we break to go to our grow groups. But let's understand that in Jesus Christ... We have victory over all death. It doesn't matter what death it is. He is, he's the, he is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the life giver. So he's the one that has given us victory, victory over death. And we can, we can rejoice uh, when people die physically. It makes us all sad. We all go, oh, man, my friend or my loved one, uh, they died. But for us... We, we may grieve, but not as those who have what? No hope. He's conquered death. All of them. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So let's do this. Let's realize that by faith in Christ, we are made spiritually alive and have victory over spiritual death. There are people sitting out in our community, all over our community, who are spiritually dead. And they're just waiting for you to come tell them how they can have spiritual life and eternal life. They go together, of course, because the moment they trust in Christ for eternal life, they're given spiritual life. Realize that by faith in Christ, we're made spiritually alive. By faith in Jesus, we are given spiritual life. Have you ever realized how now you can read the Bible 
and you can study it, and you can remember things, and you can put it together, and you can say, well, that fits over here because you're now spiritually alive and you can understand the things of God. Finally, let's understand that in Christ, every human being, believers and unbelievers, will have a resurrection body and exist forever. Think about that. When you tell that to people, I've had people say, oh, believers live forever, but unbelievers don't. I said, no, unbelievers live forever. I don't like to use the word live forever. They actually die forever. But they're going to exist forever. Think about this. Some, the believers, with Jesus Christ called eternal life, and some separated from Jesus Christ, that's, called, that's the people who are unbelievers, that's called the second death. If we, if we believe this, if we believe this is true, we got to go out these doors and tell people so that by this time next year, there'll be double the people in this room because we'll have led people to Christ and brought them in. People are always talk about church growth. And I told you last week when we had the congregational meeting, I said, you know, inviting people, inviting people, inviting people, that's really the key. But, you know, you can invite them all, and, and they may or may not know Christ. But let me tell you, you lead them to Christ. And then you say, now that you're a Christian, you need to go to a place where you can be taught the Bible and you can grow. That's how, that's how it changes the community and the world. We know that most churches' growth comes from Christians switching churches. You understand that, right? Ask yourself, when was the last time we, me too, I'm asking myself, when was the last time I talked to somebody about Christ? May it be this week. 